Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates, Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030. That is the phone number. 419-794-3030. Online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, should a long-term care strategy be a part of your retirement plan? We're going to discuss that. But first, let me check in with the guys. I do have a Mr. Baker and a Mr. Kirshner here. I have Scott Kirshner and Jeremy Baker. No relation uh, but gentlemen, glad to be with you guys. How are we today? Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well. I want to thank Jeremy for uh, his uh, first time on on the air with us. So uh, welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. And uh, we're we're doing well. The weather is uh, Northwest Ohio weather is crazy as usual. Uh, you know, we're running sixties and thirties and snow, <laughs> and we're catching it all. Uh, but uh, we're doing well. And and um, Nolan's down in uh, Florida again for the second week. Um, poor guy. Uh, yeah, poor guy. Right. But uh, no, I want to thank all uh, the listeners and um, ready to get rolling. Absolutely. And just a quick reminder, uh, I think I said it last week, you know, the weather is a great parallel for retirement because while we do want those warmer temperatures, 60, 70, whatever you're comfortable with, you're going to have those rainy days. You're going to have the 20s, the 30s. It's mm-hmm. not all going to necessarily be Florida unless you account for your plan to, to move into Florida. But you just need to be aware of that and prepare for that. And that's what we're here for on the show. So let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, it's no secret people are living longer and with that longevity comes new challenges like the possibility or I guess even at this point probability of long-term care and paying for long-term care. And as the streets, Robert Powell tells us, paying for it, well, it can be pretty expensive. In a recent article in Retirement Daily, financial advisor Ken Walter outlines the many ways you can pay for long-term care. The sources include financial assets, your home, annuities, second-to-die life insurance, and long-term care insurance. Bottom line, long-term care costs can be substantial, but if planned for and managed intelligently, don't need to bankrupt or frighten you. And I think I saw the stats. Uh, if you're 65 or older, there's like a 70% chance at this point you're going to need some form of long-term sure. care assistance. So taking that into account, uh, I think is critical. So let's talk about this. Can you explain more about these options that don't break the bank? And are there any that uh, Mr. Powell didn't talk about that should also be considered? Well, I think uh, Mr. Powell is absolutely correct. But what we want to do is we kind of delve into the um, some of the details on, on long-term care. You know, I've been in the business 27 years. I know Jeremy's been in the business for 20 years or, or more. And, and um, you know, the old traditional long-term care products, they still exist, but they're not really highly purchased anymore. They were great products, and they're still good products. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm not telling anybody by any stretch to eliminate that product, but there are the hybrids out there now that are are showing that there's got some better options available. They may be a little more costly, but they cover things in a little bit different format. You know, the the traditional long-term care policies, you know, they kind of work like a home or auto insurance policy. If you never need them, you pay the premiums and the premiums are gone. So the money that you put in there is is gone. It's kind of like a term life insurance, right? You know, you, you pay all those premiums and if you outlive the term, everything you paid is gone. But, you know, with the traditional old type uh, long-term care products, that was a big hurdle that a lot of people had to mentally prepare for. You know, Chris mentioned the statistic about 70% will need long-term care. 
I'm always been under the impression that it's either 100% or zero. Either you're going to need it <laughs> That's or fair. you're not yeah. going to need it. <laughs> right. I know my mother, for instance, has a long-term care policy that she's paid roughly about $120 a month, and she's had it since around 2009, so she's put mm-hmm. in about $20,000 in premium. And about once a year, she gets a letter that says your coverage is decreasing unless you want your premium to go up. So she's invested or spent roughly 20000 in premium. However, if she does use it one time, it's going to cover about $50,000 in expenses, which right. is a normal long-term care mm-hmm. stay. So it would definitely pay for itself. I would encourage people to look at the fine print in a long-term care policy. Sure. Probably the biggest thing is the waiting period because a lot of long-term care stays are short-term and reoccurring. Mm -hmm. So if you have a 90-day waiting period, for instance, you might not be able to use that up because what happens is a lot of times people sprain an ankle, break a hip, something like that, where they go in for a short time. But it's reoccurring because these short-term instances keep rehappening. So it's... I would recommend something like a 20-day wait period if you were looking at uh, traditional long-term care. Sure, and that reminds me of a good point. You know, with Medicare, everybody out there knows by now that my specialty is Medicare, long-term care, estate planning. But with Medicare, Medicare does not pay for long-term care insurance. You know, so if you have uh, um, a situation where, uh, like my mom, for example, once again, uh, you all know my uh, my saga with my parents, but my mom was uh, just put in the hospital, diverticulosis. Um, I think all of the listeners and uh, everybody out there knows that my mother's health conditions now, but she was in the hospital for a week, and then she goes from the hospital to a skilled nursing facility. So that's something to get her strength back up so uh, when she can get home, which is uh, she's actually coming home um, hopefully this weekend. But a Medicare does not pay for long-term care. So it's a completely different product that you get. And there's really nothing out there other than insurance to cover long-term care. I also think a lot of people think that Medicare does or the, some people's plan is, you know, I won't worry about it. Right. Or, and that's something that can have a significant impact on your financial future. If, I mean, with the laws the way they are, they pretty much make you spend down all of your assets, right? which is not good. So there, nothing will blow up a financial plan quicker than a unexpected health consequences. At the end of the day, that's what we do here in America's Retirement Headquarters, is we try to make sure that what your, your retirement plan and your retirement goal is not blown up by an unforeseen situation. So the traditional long-term care comes with the premium. You use it or lose it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the flexible spending. But now they have what's called a hybrid long-term care policy. And basically what it is, it's a life insurance policy that you purchase. And what that's going to do is actually give you the flexibility of using the long-term care portion or the life insurance. So like I said, a lot of people really struggle with the fact that they pay in. Like your mom, for example, she pays in all of that money. If something were to happen prior to her going into a long-term care facility, all of that money she spent has gone. But with a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider, what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to have that life insurance death benefit, and it's also going to provide the long-term care portion. So, for example, if you had a life insurance policy with a long-term care writer, you go into a nursing home and you're in there for six months to a year. You have a $300,000 life insurance policy. If you use $100,000 of that life insurance benefit and then you pass away, 
your beneficiaries are going to get the proceeds from the life insurance. Absolutely. So it's a twofold. Uh, it's a really great way to protect your your assets, to leave something on for your legacy to your your family, your children, and it's a way to kind of cover two things at once. A lot of these policies too, and I definitely encourage you to read the fine print, or if not, come in and talk to mm -hmm. a financial professional on the fine print. But they do have chronic, critical, and terminal illness coverage as well. And uh, for instance, with my mom's traditional long-term care policy, it's a reimbursement policy. Okay. Therefore, she's required to pay for it, and then it's up to the insurance company to reimburse her. A lot of these other policies are indemnity policies where... And you don't necessarily have to be in a long-term care facility for them to be covered. You know, if you qualify for two of the six ADLs, right? Uh, you can, it, essentially it's a cash benefit policy that'll pay you uh, if you qualify. So you can use those dollars for different areas and not necessarily just for the long-term care facility. Also with the long-term care, the hybrid product, it's, it's typically to be, higher premiums because you have the the flexibility of the life insurance there are also plans out there that actually will offer a cash out option so where you can actually take cash out of the policy if you need it the flexibility of different payment plans you can do a single pay a 10 pay uh, pay to age 65 so there's a lot of more flexibility in a life insurance the hybrid long-term care product one of the other things that we've talked about on previous shows is lazy money. If you've got lazy money out there, what we mean by that is money that's maybe in a, a CD or you have a lot of cash in a savings account that's doing nothing for you, earning no, I mean, the interest rate on the savings account is next to nothing, mm -hmm. right? If you've got that lazy money sitting out there, that this is a way to fund a life insurance policy and get that long-term care attachment to it. Great options. You know, we talked about the traditional. We talked about the hybrid policies. Both of them are good options. Whatever is best going to fit your needs. If you have one, like your mom has the long-term care product, by no means would I ever tell her to cancel that and move to the hybrid. I mean, she's older now, and, and it's going to cost more money. Sure. Yeah, when she got this policy in 2009, when she was 54 years old, now she's 67. So it'll definitely uh, cost a little bit more. But... I do like that cash aspect of it. You know, we talk about, even with inflation, still savings rates, CDs, mm -hmm. even government I-bonds, they pay a little bit more. But, you know, we had a client come in and he basically looked to fund the first five years of his retirement using our independent income strategy sure. with the bucket theory. He had a lump sum of money that was basically doing nothing for him. We showed him how one of these products worked and it's 100% liquid. So he's able to get this coverage in place and essentially fund many years of his retirement. Those are great options. You know, that's long-term care kind of in a quick nutshell, so to speak. But if you have any questions about these policies, we can always be reached at, uh, you know, America's Retirement Headquarters, you know, our websites. We've talked about uh, our websites, americasretirementheadquarters.com and reach out if you have any questions. Yeah. Again, the number is 419-794-3030. As we uh, do get older, as we are living longer, it shifts from the possibility of the necessity for long-term care and the probability becoming more and more likely. That is one of the reasons why premiums keep going up, I think, because people, more and more people are claiming on it because they are living longer and the necessity for that. Really quick, I want to ask, as far as underwriting goes for these types of policies, mm -hmm. what do people, what can they anticipate? Or is it easier to get one version of this long-term care strategy versus another? 
That's a great question, Chris, and thank you for asking that. But with the underwriting, you're looking at, uh, with a life insurance policy, you're actually looking at it underwritten like a life insurance policy would be underwritten. Okay. There are certain requirements that you have to meet for the, uh, um, you know, the health, and it's a little, it may be a little harder to get a uh, hybrid policy. But there again, it does go through underwriting, and health is always taken into consideration for underwriting for a long-term care policy. Like with so many other things, it's something that's certainly easier to get, you know, when you're younger, uh, before you get, you know, farther along in the years and the probability of your needing long-term care goes up. But something to consider, there are lots of different options out there, finding out what's best for you. The worst option, I think, uh, if I can editorialize, would be to not plan for long-term care to say, that's not going to happen to me. Don't let those what-ifs turn into what-nows. Take this seriously. Pick up the phone. Give a call. Start exploring those options with America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030, or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. You heard Jeremy mention the independent income system. You can learn more about the independent income system right there at the front page of americasretirementheadquarters.com. You know, there are still many couples who subscribe to the traditional model of husbands managing finances and investments and wives taking a greater role in child raising and daily bill paying. But here's the truth. Women outlive men. So is it important for women to get involved with retirement planning sooner than later? And if so, how do they go about that? You know, it's very important for women to be involved in their in their financial planning and, and learning about what's going on. You know, the old school, as a lot of you have heard or know by now, my dad passed away this past Christmas. And uh, one of the things that going through and settling up uh, the information and helping my mother out with this, she had no idea what he had in place. No idea whatsoever. And that's very typical. Now, they're in their mid-80s, and that's old school for them. I mean, it was always the husband worked and took care of everything, or the man, I should say, and the wife, you know, uh, took care of the kids and the family at home. I think that's really changing. You know, generationally, that's really changing today. I know you do a lot of uh, meeting with clients with financial advice and that. Sure. But I think it's very important that the women are more involved. A lot of the clients and the appointments that I have, I don't know if it's because they've been married for so long and, and the the wife says, um, I'm going with you. Uh, but a lot of the appointments that I deal with, I'll talk to the husband and he'll say, well, is there a time where we can come in where I can bring my wife in? Sure. So I see the trend turning that way. What do you see, Jeremy, as far as the clients you meet? Do you see that to be true as well? I do. And in fact, it's, you know, I was at a funeral myself a couple of weeks ago and they talked about Pop had lost uh, Mimi and Papa would, was a paratrooper in World War II, I believe, and he was born in like 1913. And it just took me back because they had been married for 74 years. Wow. wow. And when you talk about something like that, you know, I think back to the 50s and 60s when pensions were first kind of uh, prominent. And what would happen is the husband would go to the I don't know if it'd be HR back then, but mm-hmm. he would go, let's say he worked at Chrysler or Jeep to make it more local. He would go sign up for his pension, look at the numbers and say, oh, I want the highest amount possible and wouldn't realize that he was basically leaving his wife with nothing if he passed away. So the government stepped in and said, you know, that the wife has to sign off on this. And then basically without knowing any different, you know, or with the the wife might be left with nothing. Now there's definitely some things that are put in place to kind of prevent that. Um, What I do see is husband and wives are definitely doing this together. I think the important thing is for both members to be educated, like Scott said, with mom and dad not knowing what was in place. Because unfortunately, and 
we don't have to give our opinion. It's just the fact that women live longer than men. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend that uh, both of you be involved, communicate well with each other and with your advisor, um, attorneys, CPAs, so that, you know, like, hey, honey, my documents are in the safe or something like that, or here's what's in place. Because I think the last thing a, a husband wants is for his wife to be, you know, without him and then left without knowing anything or having anything in place. You know, the um, that's a great point. That kind of was a, a nice segue into the ultimate estate planning guide that, that we put forth. You know, I had someone ask me about that. They heard one of our shows, and I was with them uh, this past week, and, and they said, hey, you know, I heard you uh, when you had a, a guest on, and then you were talking about the ultimate estate planning guide. What exactly is that? Because we have a will put in place. And I says, well, a will is great, and that's that's awesome, and the will is going to tell uh, your wishes and, and, and give your assets, to, to divide them out amongst your, your family, your beneficiaries. I said, but the ultimate estate planning guide goes a step further, and the ultimate estate planning guide is actually going to list your accounts that you have. You know, one of the things, like I mentioned before, you know, a cell phone. Well, if the husband deals with the cell phone and the husband passes away, What's the password to get in to change the information on the cell phone account? Or what's the account number for the electric, uh, the gas? So the ultimate estate planning guide goes through all of that in more detail. Like you said, oh, uh, by the way, honey, all of the information, the beneficiary information is in the safe. Well, the ultimate estate planning guide should be in there with all of that information as well. You know, one of the other things with uh, having the women involved, the women tend to be a little more risk tolerant. They're not as risky as us guys, right? Yeah, risk averse, I think. There's no question. Uh, You know, and so they're going to have a different perspective on where they want their assets and what they want things to happen in the event that they do outlive their spouse and and how are they going to be able to invest and make sure that they have money to get them through retirement i think for people that have listened to the show before i I know they've heard about our riskalyze program which Mm -hmm. determines your risk level Uh, we send the questionnaire out or we might do it in the office with uh mr and mrs jones uh but i would encourage you to do it together husband and wife because like you said somebody's risk tolerance might be very much different. And it's good to have that conversation where the risk of lives gives you a score from one to a hundred. Let's say the husband's a 75 and the wife's a 23. It's good to have that conversation and basically to communicate that to each other and to the advisor. And you're right, women are risk averse, but there also is the risk of not being invested. We've seen today with the purchasing power of a dollar, if you're invested too conservatively as well, you know, and gas is now doubled than it was a year ago, then there could be some issues there. But I always encourage communication between the advisor and the husband and the wife. You know, I think it's something that you should actually ask because you know whether they, they're married or not. When you do our uh, fact finding and, and you go through that whole process, one of the questions, you know, are you married? You know, your spouse's name? And just asking, you know, maybe she needs to be involved in this as well, or does she not want to know anything about it? Because a lot of times they don't want to know. It's like, okay, we trust him. I, you know, he's got that. I'm going to pay all the bills. And if something happens to her, he has no idea what bills are paid and what bills aren't paid. Another issue to add to this is in the case of a divorce, 
you know, you have a whole different dynamics when it comes to a situation with divorce because there's a lot of other, uh, you know, tentacles out there that reach different areas. You know, you've got a blended family. You would have uh, children on both sides, and you need to set up and figure out how are they going to be impacted with the estate planning. And in the, in the case of one of, you know, if dad dies or mom dies, what's going to happen with the money? Who's going to get that? One of the biggest things, too, with divorce is being the resident Social Security claiming strategist. A lot of a lot of ex-wives don't know that they're entitled to a spousal benefit mm-hmm. if they've been married for more than 10 years mm-hmm. and, and if they're not remarried. So I had a young lady come in, and she said, I said, why don't you call the Social Security Administration and see what your spousal benefit is? She said, oh, I don't. That wasn't part of the divorce. I don't want him to know that I'm calling. And I said, well, I don't think it doesn't have anything to do with him anymore. And it's not like the Social Security Administration is going to call him and say, oh, by the way, <laughs> your ex-wife called about the right. benefit. Yeah, they don't have time for that. Yeah, it's something she's entitled to and something she should definitely explore. And that's, a, you know, you mentioned with divorce the, and a bigger issue with estate planning as well as the blended family. Right. I and mean, we see that each and every day with folks that have kids from multiple marriages. And, you know, it's with the estate planning guide, it's good to go through and have your wishes executed because, yeah, you could have a will, but if the beneficiary note on your life insurance policy says, I want this money to go to X, that's where it's going to go. Uh, that, exactly. that supersedes the will. So if, if you have an account at, say, Charles Schwab and the beneficiary is your ex-wife, well, she's getting the money. And nothing will, you know, I've seen it a lot with tearing families apart as far as, oh, dad wanted this to happen. Well, okay, dad might have wanted it to happen, but in reality, it's not what did happen. So yeah, that's that, a big deal. Getting that checklist in order is a big key. Yeah, I've I've actually run into that myself, and um, where I've actually had to pay a, a a life insurance claim on a on a situation, and it was a situation where he was remarried, and his three kids were listed as beneficiaries, but with he had a child with his new wife, and that child wasn't listed. Well, the new wife was, I mean, he was gone, so it didn't matter, but for her, it was a big situation. So one of the things, you know, um, I know we're coming uh, at the end of this first um, first half hour here, but um, I think what I'll do is I'm going to ask our next guest and see what uh, what she thinks and, and how things play for her with financial um, planning and if her and her husband are um, working out together. But, you know, that's we've covered a lot of topics here. And um, uh, as always, if you need any information on any of these topics that we cover, uh, you, we can be reached at America's Retirement Headquarters.com or uh, me directly, um, uh, Scott K at America's Retirement Headquarters.com or my website is America's Medicare Associates.com. And of course, the phone number 419 794 3030. Really easy to reach out and get in touch with them. You know, I remember as a child, it was a dinner party and my parents were hosting and my dad said something. He said, basically, I make all the money, but my wife knows where it all goes. And everybody there laughed. <laughs> That's and, right. and, and I was too young to really understand, but I was like, hey, everyone's laughing. I'm going to laugh along. That is actually a very horrific way to go about it. You, you really do want both parties involved because yes. if women truly are outliving men, and, and science will, will show that and improve that, which, whichever spouse survives, if they're not involved in the planning process, there's a lot of uncertainty there You know, for those next couple of years. There's already enough 
emotional turmoil with the loss of a spouse. So, and to add on that confusion of what are we going to do financially? How are things set up? What are the passwords? Things like that. It is important. It is imperative to have both parties involved. So, Sometimes the conversations are uncomfortable, but it's better to have them They're beforehand. Needed. It's a lot easier conversation, I think, to have than, than down the line if the planning wasn't there and figuring out, again, what am I going to do now? What was the plan? Trying to pick up those pieces. So, again, as Jeremy said, they're not the easiest conversation, but a lot easier than it could be. Pick up the phone. Take the time. Have both parties involved in the planning process. 419-794-3030. AmericasRetirementHeadquarters.com is the website. And we're going to resume uh, what we started last week with a new segment called Committed to the 419 because America's Retirement Headquarters, as you all know, is locally owned and operated. So we're going to pay it forward shine a light on other local businesses and groups that support the 419 area in various ways. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by Kristen Meyer from the Mommy Chamber of Commerce. So, Kristen, thanks for joining us, and uh, I'll let you guys take it away. Well, thank you, Chris. And uh, also, I want to thank you, uh, Kristen, for joining us today. Um, we're rolling, and this is number two, so you're our second guest, uh, which is uh, which is awesome. So you're old pros at it by now. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far not yet, but we're working that way. So, so Kristen, in in the first segment, we were talking about getting ladies and women involved in their financial planning and in their retirement. Um, I, I want to throw it to you, get your opinion, if you don't mind. I know you're married, and, and um, tell me a little bit about how much you are involved and in know in what's going on with your financial plan. Um, well, great question. And as I was listening to what you guys were talking about um, in the last segment, everybody, of course, has a personal story when it comes sure. to mm-hmm. um, you know how things fold out in their lives and um, my husband lost his father at a very young age his father was 57 oh wow and um, it was almost identical to the situations you were talking about in which his mother was the person written on the life insurance policy even though his children were coming were adults at the time my husband mm-hmm. was I think 25 at the time um, so all of that Life insurance money went to his grandmother, my husband's grandmother, and then his uncles actually ended up taking all of that money. Wow. Yeah, because that would have probably went to her. Was she alive? She was alive. Um, All her faculties weren't there at the time. He just hadn't checked. Um, He had every intention of signing everything over to his children. Mm -hmm. That was his intention, like you said. Um, but that really has shaped how we look at um, our finances moving forward because it caused a sever in that family that mm-hmm. has not been repaired. Yeah, so um, that's unfortunate, and, and we see that all the time. And, and um, you know, I, I've got a, a real life example uh, in in the family as well, where you know one life insurance policy was written and left out of the the trust and no of the siblings knew about that um and uh upon uh, the family member passing all of the proceeds for that one life insurance went to one person uh you know when when you're dealing with money and family it can get pretty uh, brutal and, and ugly it makes for an uncomfortable thanksgiving that's for sure um <laughs> so it sounds like his grandmother his uncles and that were probably executors of her estate and because of her health issues they became 
the ones that were controlling everything. That's unfortunate. It is. And, and just like you mentioned, you know, money shouldn't have an effect on your relationships right. that you have with your family. But in situations like that, it's just so hurtful yeah. um, to be left out of that situation. And, you know, they weren't they weren't 50 years old when this happened. They were relatively young. But again, it wasn't the intention of his father to he wanted to leave that to his children. So um, it's important to know what's on all your policies. Sure. It's important to know all those things. And we've had that discussion with our children already. Hence the importance of the ultimate estate planning guide, you know, having all of that information um, um, listed out and available for access for anybody that needs it when that traumatic experience happens. Mm -hmm. So do you go to the financial advisor meetings with your husband or uh, have you had the opportunity to do that yet? I have not actually. Okay. Um, and after listening to what you're saying, I'm going to, um, you know, insist that I um, get involved. But, you know, um, life happens. And it does. Um, that's one of those things we were talking about, the difference between men and women and, um, you know, all the other things that I'm doing to keep our lives moving forward. Um, he took over the finances. Um, that was something that he could do. And um, he keeps me informed. Sure. But um, and that's important. It like is. Jeremy said, you yes. know, that's a big thing. Yes. And we don't make any big decisions unless we make them together. Um, and we certainly have goals and, and things that we want to reach. But um, he's primarily done a lot of that on his own. And I think that um, it's time that I probably step up to the table and, and uh -oh. be a part of that discussion. You know, we tell our daughter all the time, you know, she's only 22 years old, but um, she's already starting to invest even at that sure. age. And um, so we sh should practice what we're preaching. Yeah. Well, I can see that now. She's going to go home tonight. And, uh, honey, uh, uh, come to the dinner table. We have a discussion that we have to have here. So well, hopefully it uh, hopefully it goes smoothly. And I'm sure it will because I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, most guys today understand the importance of having having both parties involved. Mm -hmm. So before we get started, why don't you let people know how they can reach out and get in touch with you at the Mommy Chamber, and then we'll go through uh, some questions here and, and what you actually do there. Okay. Um, well, anybody can reach out to us at the Chamber. Um, my email address is kristen at mommychamber.com, um, and it's... Uh, mommychamber.com is our, our our website so they can reach out there um, we've got a board of directors 15 different board of oh, directors wow, okay. of area um, business experts that um, participate with us and um, so very involved in the community and um, we help out people with any type of question that they have and we create opportunities for businesses to come together Okay, so so that's kind of uh, a quick version of what an, a chamber. I mean, I, I'm assuming that uh, most chambers operate relatively the same. I mean, a, a lot of chambers probably do things that are, um, you know, other chambers may do things a little different here and there. I actually was involved at the Waterville Chamber for many many years, and um, a board member, and, and went through all of that and had a great time with that. But have since kind of gotten out of that area more into the Maumee. So um, is there anything that you want to add as far as what an actual chamber does? Yeah, actually, one of the things that I've learned now that I've been here for four years as the executive director is that chambers, if they're doing it right, really should take on a good portion of what the demographic of their community is. 
So okay. when you look, especially in the 419 area, um, Sylvania is very residential. I mean, sure. there's lots of there's lots of industry there, of course, but um, there's a lot of residential. Whereas this is a quote or a stat that I that I give out frequently because it came from the mayor. Um, Maumee has fewer than 15,000 residents, but 30,000 people come into our city every day to make their living. Wow. wow. So our population, what is that, triples um, on the workday. And so the Maumee Chamber has really made a focus of focusing on providing opportunities for businesses to interact with each other, um, to form relationships so that they can do more business together. Sure. Um, there are other uh, organizations within Maumee that do community events, and the Maumee Chamber is a part of all of those, from the parade to the summer fair to um, food truck Fridays and things like that. We participate in all of that. We mm -hmm. volunteer, but those aren't our events. We really try to focus on what's happening with the business community here. I know um, when I'm visiting um, a, a different area for whatever reason, one of the things I'll do is I'll I'll do a Google search and uh, you know what to do in Timbuktu. Um, and a lot of times, what happens is the first thing that pops up is the chamber for that area. And and uh, you know I'll click on it and it'll go through and list a lot of different things that are happening in in you know the calendar of events and things like that. Uh, so chambers are very important to the communities. Um, and I know there's several different chambers all over um, Ohio, and, and every state has chambers, and every little town and city has chambers as well. Um, so what typical type of businesses are you looking to uh, attract at the chamber? Well, the Maumee Chamber has approximately 500 organizations or businesses that, that belong to, to our chamber right now, and we don't have any typical business. Um, we, of course, have the, the biggest employer in Maumee is McLaren St. Luke's and they're members of the chamber sure. and, um, you know, other larger organizations are members of the chamber. But we do our, our the segment that we have the most members um, is the two to five range with okay. number of employees. So these are small businesses um, or franchises and they're looking to connect with other people in the community. You know, there's a lot of noise out there with social media and everything streaming now, and how do you get in front of customers? And we provide opportunities every month, four to five opportunities for people to have face-to-face -face interaction with people so that they can begin to form relationships um, and find people that they trust in sure. different segments of business. Everybody needs to have a printer. Everybody needs to have somebody that um, can help them maybe with social media or a retirement planner. Right, um, right. Everyone needs these different segments. And by providing opportunities for people to get together and meet each other, um, that's really the best way. People don't necessarily start a relationship or pick a financial planner because they got an email in their inbox, right. a blind email. They need to meet somebody. Yeah. You're, you're working with their money and, and their future. So they need to know who you are and trust you. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, we run into that a lot, you know, that, that communication and that trust factor. So one of the things um, that I ran into in a, uh, a previous life with a different chamber was you have these members that are kind of just members. Mm -hmm. They understand that, hey, you know, the chamber's out there and I'll pay this uh, uh, membership fee and, and um, 
get advertising and have my name out there, but they really don't participate, um, which is unfortunate because they really don't know exactly what the chambers are going to do for them. So uh, how can it, how can chamber members really take advantage of the most that the Maumee Chamber has to offer? It, it, what, what kind of avenues or things should they be doing to take advantage of your, your resources? One of the things that I say every time I get up at a podium in front of everybody, I get on my soapbox is the best way for you to get the most out of your membership is, first of all, just to show up. Sure. Um, you know, paying your dues and having your name listed in our directory, that's one thing. But when you show up at luncheons or coffee connections, mm -hmm. after hours events, um, you're, you're taking it to the next level. And then there are all sorts of ways for you to make more connections. We introduce new members at our, at our luncheons every month, and um, we provide the opportunity for people to reach out to those new members. So there's five new people that you've never met before that we literally will hand you contact information about them wow. so that you can reach out to them and maybe set up a one-to-one -one and find out a little bit more about them and how you can help each other. Um, I go so far as to encourage our members to call us before a luncheon or before an event. If people have pre-registered and you know who your target market is mm -hmm. and who you're looking to connect with, if you're a um, home health care agency and you're looking to connect with people within the healthcare care uh, realm, I'll tell you who's coming. Sure. And I'll introduce you to those people. Yeah, that's awesome. So take it to the next level. This is this is a really great face-to-face -face way to build your business yeah. and um and it's if, if you show up and do a little bit of research and a little bit of um follow-up you'll do well i know um uh, with covid because um, i joined back when we first started uh, america's uh, medicare associates and i know with covid you did everything Virtually? Uh, yes, yeah, virtually. But uh, virtually. what was it? Um, FaceTime. Zoom. Zoom, yeah, the Zoom meetings. Yeah. You know, and, and it was kind of neat because then we kind of broke off in little segments and you had different mm -hmm. groups that, you know, you, you kind of break the people up a little bit, right? And then you have these certain groups that people would be uh, communicating with and getting to know each other. And uh, I know in, in, the, in the health industry, I had several people that would reach out to me and said, hey, we need to talk more because I think we can help each other, mm -hmm. um, uh, which was really awesome for me. Are you still doing the virtual or are we, are we back to uh, in-person to person meetings and luncheons and things like that? We are fully back in person. Um, thanks to help from several of our friends, um, we were hybrid for a while. Sure. Um, but really what we discovered was if you allow people to show up virtually and they don't have to make that drive, they'll do it. And yeah. it was really difficult to connect who was attending our functions virtually with the people that were in the room. Um, we, we did everything we could to make that happen, but it was difficult. And we felt like our attention was divided as well. Um, okay. One of us was online and one of us was interacting with the people in the room. And so at some point we said, we want everyone to show up. And so um, show up or. Yeah. Now, now, didn't you have an event here? Um, uh, this is bad. Shortly after the first of the year where it was like an expo. 
In November. In November. Well, that's shortly before the end of the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think you had a really good turnout for that. Yeah, we had almost 300 people at the expo. See, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. What is the like the registration process if if for people listening that might want to look into it or become a new member? What's the registration process and what is the time commitment? Is it do you meet once a month, once a week? I've heard you have different luncheons and expos. Like, what is, can you kind of run us through? What's involved? Sure. So um, to sign up to become a member, you just go to mommychamber.com and um, there's a process that you just sign up right online. Um, but we always encourage people to come and experience an event uh, before you join. So, so you can do like a guest type thing. Absolutely. And the first time, just this year, our board of directors decided that the first time you attend a luncheon, um, we'll, we'll pick up the tab for you. We want you to come. Wow. Okay. Um, and so that has encouraged a lot of our current members to invite guests to come with them. Um, and they sort of look like the hero because they say, I'll, I'll take you <laughs> here. They give us a call. We pay for it. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're taking them to lunch and they're introducing them to people that that they know for referrals and things like that. So, so, you know, signing up online is easy to do or just give us a call. But a lot of the events that we do, you don't have to be a member to participate. The expo is a great example. We had almost 90 uh, businesses that were participating. Okay. And um, probably about 10 of them were not chamber members. Most of them are now um, yeah. because the, it was a great event and they met a lot of people and they saw a value there. But um, you know, you can sign up and participate and uh, some some of the things that you participate in, it's a little bit higher if you're a non-member than if you are a member. Um, but that's just to encourage people to, to jump in and, and join us. And as far as the commitment every month, really that's up to you. Uh, we offer a luncheon every month. We do big events about four times a year, including a golf outing in the expo. I did that. Yep. Oh, had a yeah, great time. Golfed in, oh yeah, yeah I got fun. the golf outing, and uh, that was that was a great time. Yeah. Had a really good turnout. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the beer was included, so everybody had a, a good well, time. Well, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> um, did. <laughs> but um, and and then the other thing that we do is that we you know we have a lot of people that maybe. Um, have businesses where they can't get away during the lunch hour. Mm -hmm. um, if they own a restaurant or um, just it just doesn't work for them. So we'll do um, early morning coffee connections so that we can have opportunities for everybody to join us and after hours events as well. So we really try to hit all times of the day, uh, provide different types of opportunities. We love to go out to um, businesses that belong to the chamber and have events at their business oh, so wow. that they can show off what they've got going on. Um, so that people can meet their whole staff and um, give them tours of their facilities. So we'll do coffee connections at different uh, people's businesses, ribbon cuttings. A ribbon cutting doesn't even have to be because you're opening a new business. A ribbon cutting can be that you're celebrating being in business for a certain amount okay. of time. So we'll celebrate anything when it comes to businesses. Do you interact with uh, and partner with any other chambers? Absolutely. Okay. Um, belong to an organization. Um, it's the Northwest Ohio Benefits Alliance. And um, we all come together, not as much since COVID, but we used to meet quarterly. Um, we love to bounce ideas off of each other um, and find out what everybody else is doing. We are all in the same boat. Nobody's trying to compete against each other. Um, sometimes people, you belong to the Waterville Chamber, but right. we're doing business in Maumee. We have quite a few members that belong to several different chambers. Sure. And um, that can be a, a really good 
business plan to belong to a couple different mm -hmm. chambers so that you get to meet as many people as possible. I know um, the Toledo Chamber at one point had a, um, uh, for health insurance, if you were a member of the Toledo Chamber, then there was a, a Medica Mutual of Ohio had a, um, uh, a chamber member discount. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there was a different price for chamber members as there was for non-chamber members, um, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear and see that the chambers help each other out. I mean, it's kind of like uh, one of the great things working here is Nolan has always said, there are plenty of people out there that need financial advice and help. And there's a lot of us guys out there doing that. And it's it's a competition, but as long as you're doing what's right by the client, mm -hmm. then it's a win for them and usually a win for everybody. Um, so so that's that's really that's awesome. Once again, um, the mommychamber.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, got that right. And um, I really appreciate you coming out and yes, yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. What is your next event? Uh, coming up. Do you have anything on the horizon that we should be aware of? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, Tuesday, or uh, we have our luncheon um, that we will be hosting at the Pinnacle right here in Arrowhead Park. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right um, down the street. Yeah. And our speaker for that uh, luncheon is Stuart James, who is the new president and CEO of the Ability Center oh. here in Northwest Ohio. Yes. Um, and he's going to share some really great information um, about the Ability Center and um, how we can become, um, how all businesses can become more friendly to persons with disabilities. So um, we're looking forward to that. No, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And again, anyone can come. Okay. And, yes. close, and if you've never attended before, I, I mean, that's like literally in our backyard. You I can mean, walk yeah. there. Yeah, we can walk there, uh, <laughs> providing the weather's be, nice. It'll yes. be raining, of course. Yeah, it'll be raining, of course. <laughs> probably. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's fantastic. And, and you know, mommy is is such a nice quaint little town it's it's really it's really cool and you know they uh though i will tell you this though the one really bad thing that i think a lot of the mommy residents um uh the main drag down there with all of the the businesses i mean i hear more people complain about that it's like my gosh i can't drive down there anymore but it was an important thing to to change to help the businesses in that area because there was no way to get parking or to to stop along there um you know with change there's always people that are going to be on one side or the other um when how gets, how involved was the chamber in that very involved i was going to say i i remember we're that they probably linked were with the city we i sit on a marketing team that talks about that on the weekly basis and um in fact they're starting construction here very soon and we're hosting a launch party um, to talk about that coming up soon. And the one thing that I'll say about that is that it is easy to complain about traffic, but um, in Northwest Ohio especially, traffic is really not bad oh. anywhere you go yeah. compared to other cities, number right. one. And number two, this is literally saving the uptown area of Oh, there's Miami. no question. If we would have continued to just do nothing and, and, not, um, and, and had two lanes of traffic going both ways, you would have seen all those beautiful historic buildings in Uptown Maumee begin to deteriorate. Um, the traffic would have just gotten faster and faster. No one was stopping. They were right. using us as a thoroughfare. And 
you know, like you said, we're a great little city. We're a great town. And we deserve to have an uptown area like Perrysburg, right. like Sylvania, like all these other places. So um, we're going to just slow it down. Yeah. It's, it's a road diet and we're calming traffic. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I think it was a good thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, because it's a lot like you said, mm -hmm. it's a it's a much slower pace down. You gotta through go there. through the pain to get to the other side. There's no and, question. And um, you know, it's like doing a, a renovation in your home. It's dusty and dirty, and you complain about it and everything. Right. But when you get to the other side and you see all the benefits that 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 it's going to bring to mommy, everyone's going to love it. Yes, absolutely. Well. I know we're coming up at the end of the show. Uh, Kristen, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Jeremy, for uh, for joining us today. But um, and, and Kristen, thank you very much. I'm glad you took the opportunity to uh, to join us today. Thanks for having me. I think it was very informative, and, and hopefully all of the listeners out there um, uh, got some little nuggets out of this. And and, uh... and thanks for what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Once again, with close to 500 members strong, the Mommy Chamber certainly committed to the 419. You can find out more information, including the upcoming events. Next one coming up on Tuesday at mommychamber.com. There is a join page right there, and I saw there's a little little math problem you have to, to solve to actually apply. Uh, but if you go to the events, as as Kristen said there, attend one in person, uh, they'll, they'll pick up the bill for that and find out more about them there in person. I think it could be well worth the time. So mommychamber.com. And for us, it's americasretirementheadquarters.com. We appreciate you guys spending little party weekend with us here hope you have a great uh rest of your week hope it's a safe week and guys as we wrap up i want to leave you with the final word well once again thank all of the listeners and the uh, the viewers out there um uh, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your weekend America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.